0: It is April 30th at midnight, which means it's March 1st. I didn't say March 1st. I meant um, it's May 1st. May, the first day of May, when summer begins, in my mind. I mean, summer doesn't begin until June 21st. But to me, summer begins first day of May. May is promising, I like promise. I enjoy early promise, early signs of success, of happiness. Gives you something to look forward to. And that's what May is for me. I was born July eighth. I am a summer baby. I entered this world in the summer. And my life shall remain in the summer. I love summer. I love Los Angeles. I love waking up and feeling the summer sun. It's something I miss. I wish I could go to Los Angeles right now. But I'm happy with May, the promise of May, the promise of the morning. When I go to sleep tonight, I'll make sure my curtains are wide open, ready to invite in the morning sun and carry that sunlight with me throughout the day, try to maintain a piece of happiness, a piece of summer. Keep it with me. It's a mitzvah. It's truly a commandment, at least in my life. I consider myself Jewish, and um, I was raised Episcopalian, and I had somewhat of a romance with Catholicism. And I discovered that I had some Jewish blood in me, and I fixated on that. And I enjoy it, and I love it. I enjoy it more because I found the Protestant side of my family to be well, basically the rest of my family, to be uh, hypocrites. I find that their form of Christianity is rather dull. It serves corporations. It services, um, oh, I don't know, something dreary, something subservient. There's no culture to it. It's just a list of do as I say, you're poor, you're stupid. Follow these meager things, and uh, that's all you need. There's no intellectual uh, pursuit in Christianity, I believe. Because if you were to question the Bible or question um, those teachings, it um, it doesn't bode well. In that community, I would know because I did it quite often that's what I enjoy about Judaism is that you're encouraged to question to continually think I mean every rabbi uh, studies under a rabbi and there's new teachings and new um, not beliefs but there are these uh, new conceptualizations of of um, the Torah and Talmud and All that Old Testament stuff. I like the Old Testament. I started reading the Bible recently. Proverbs. I enjoy Proverbs. I think if you ever feel like you're losing structure in your life and things are falling apart around you, read Proverbs. If you do, you will find common sense. If you wish to rejoice, read Psalms. Psalms. Quite long, but worth it. Enjoy it a little bit. But uh, don't spend too much time there. <laughs> I do enjoy telling people that I read the Bible. You know. I mean reading the Torah is one thing in the Talmud and but to um, to read the Bible is something that just seems so well, I don't know. You know, I mean you have a better better luck at telling people you're reading the Quran than reading the Bible, in my opinion. I mean you're just judged so, but Um, It's basic teachings and basic doings, and um, it's just as trite and, I would say, just as conflicting with modern notions as the Quran or um, Orthodox Judaism, if you ask me, but let's not think too deep about it. I mean, I do enjoy a good intellectual conversation, but (laughs) <laughs> Not when I'm alone drinking coffee. I am drinking coffee. It is decaf. And I drink it, yes, at midnight because I enjoy its flavor. Although, by the time I'm finished this recording on, um... On, uh, This recording device, I, uh, The coffee will get cold. And I'll have to reheat it. And it's a concession I think I'll be able to live with. <laughs> but... Who knows? Tomorrow morning, I will be ready for the sun. Because tonight, I will open up my blinds, my curtains. And when I wake, the sun will be coming in. And I'll invite it. And I'll carry it with me. And I'll enjoy my day. I'll enjoy the promise of summer. Even if it's rain, it's still May. And it means that there is hope for summer to be coming quite shortly, for me to live, for me to carry about. It is my birthright. Again, it's my mitzvah to enjoy the color, the fruit, the flavor of summer, the sounds, the feeling. Oh, the feeling of the warm air. I love that so much. At nighttime, when you're walking, and you're alone and you have maybe like a light shirt on or a sport shirt or a sweater and you can feel just that little bit of warmth coming in through the air but you can feel the cool coming off the grass oh i love it i also love the smell of dead grass it has a very queer sweetness to it a sweetness i enjoy It reminds me of my youth, the smell of dirt and dead grass, dry dirt, not wet, just dry soil, clay, dried out clay. (laughs) Perhaps there really truly is a little bit of Jew in me, Jewish blood in me. (laughs) I have that romance with the desert. This romance with being isolated, yet part of a community of people who think, who do, who question. I enjoy that. I enjoy those sorts of people who, yes, are intellectual. They may not be academics, but they're intellectual. They question. They're never content with just taking information as fact, but to mull it over, to... Check it out with the community. That is definitely not something that a Protestant upbringing uh, exposed me to. Keep to yourself. Stay away from strangers. We don't like those people or those kind. Who are those strange neighbors? What do they do in their home? We must monitor them. Starkness, starkness, white, white, white. Stark rooms, stark walls, void of art, void of artifice. Oh, how I love artifice. I love the idea of painting yourself, of capturing yourself. If there is a painter or painters whom I like, um, well, I would have to say there's only one. And his name is Andy uh, Dixon. And he paints with every color of summer and every hue of fall and mixes them together in a way that just appears seamless and bright and vibrant. You can get lost in his shadows. And his shadows, they bring such light, such vibrant to the, vibrance to the colors. Oh, I love his work so much. I wish I could afford his work. I mean, I'm sure it's probably $1,000 a square inch. His work is just so lovely. I do not like large artworks. I think that they take up too much room. I like the idea of small pieces. Anything 12 by 18 to me seems getting dangerously close to being too large too large of an artwork to put up on a wall. Oh God, there's nothing worse than people have these monstrously huge paintings in their homes. I mean, my God, anybody who has a painting that takes up, you know, Christ, four by six feet. I mean, I have been in homes where people, oh, geez. I, I went into this one home, even a Warhol, I saw a real live Warhol in someone's living room, a true Warhol, and even then I was just thought, oh, this is just too much, too big, too grand, too, just too much, no. I think artwork should be small, delicate. Um, I don't mean delicate, I don't mean in content, subject matter, or composition, I just mean Thoughtful, you know, There's that's what delicate is. It's you're thinking about something. It's careful. It's cultivated in a way. And I think that good art should be delicate, delicately framed, very thoughtfully framed. You know, none of this nonsense, you know, you know, purchase some gigantic frame from somewhere. Oh, God, I don't even... Half the artists don't even know how to frame their own work. I mean, that's not the fault of the artist, although I think it should be, because I think that the frame has everything to do with the art, because then it becomes sculptural in a way. But needless to say, my, you know, insane neurotic opinions on art It's also the curator's fault because the curator is the one who puts everything together. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just think that you know, if you're gonna do something, I mean, that's just like you know, uh, you know, a fashion runway. That's like a um, a um, a fashion designer. You know, I mean, choosing the wrong runway music and the wrong art direction for the runway show, and then putting out his work. I mean, all of that has everything to do with the representation of the clothing. Same thing with the frame. I think the frame needs to be thoughtful, careful, delicately chosen. I do have strong opinions on many things, but my God, things you put on your wall in your home are important. They're things you look at. They're things that you enjoy and you take pleasure from. They're the things that people look at themselves. And I think it's very, very important for people to be careful about those sorts of things. Maybe this is now the Protestant in me coming out, you know, being a little too critical and reserved and harsh, but I don't know, gee whiz. Art really does form opinions in people, I think. And if people do not have opinions on art, whether, you know, good, bad, or blaspheme, or whatever you think it is uh, that you're looking at. I mean, if you don't have an opinion or feeling or emotion, you can't be a human being. I mean, you don't have to be intelligent. You can be deaf, dumb, and blind and have an opinion, if you ask me, on what you're seeing. I mean, do you like it? Why do you like it? Is it the color? You know, is it... It's strange and brings you in. I mean, think, think, feel, feel... I mean, feel first and then tell me what you're thinking. (laughs) I guess we've gone to the winter of my mind. So... There you go. I'm not a snob. I just have opinions, and people have to have opinions if they want to be a visual creature or an object uh, in this world. Truly, they do. And you don't need education, and you do not need you know, money or any of these things in order to a proper upbringing or anything, you could be from the middle of fuckhole nowhere and still have feelings and still have you know, desires and, and um, appreciation of an outlook, a worldview on life. And if you can tap into these things, you can cultivate and do so much. So much. There's so much hope in that. You know? So much hope. So, anywho, call me a snob, call me whatever you want, but I can tell you for goddamn sure that, you know, all these things that I feel and think are things that I do and I've picked up along the way. Having to speak to god snobs, who, by the way, are the worst. And when I mean the worst, I mean Like um, a snob is somebody who follows a trend and doesn't follow their heart and follow their mind and follow their interests. They haven't cultivated their own interests or their own opinions. They, you know, follow the herd. I mean, Jesus, you know. I mean, in 2020, <laughs> to be sitting here raging about how people frame their artwork, I mean, my God, I'm definitely not in vogue. <laughs> but it's fine because, you know, it adds to your color. It adds to your vibrance. It adds to who you are. And if you're kind and caring and loving and inviting and just want to have a good kick out of life, then, god damn it, you know. You're the furthest thing from a snob. You are just a party and a blast. You're a tall drink of water. But what I do know is that tonight, I shall go to sleep with my curtains wide open. And tomorrow morning, I'll invite in the sun and carry it with me. Because I am summer, above all things.